You're listening to Tazian Canners on Faith FM. We're coming to you right across Australia, live from Hobart, Tasmania, each weekday at 9am. And of course, if you're in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30pm each weekday as well. Now today we've got Gary Webster in the studio, as we do every Tuesday. Welcome, Gary. Good day to you, Jason. Good to see you. Yeah. Good Good to be here. Good to have you here again. And uh, you'll be continuing on your program or your series today, Lifetime Search, and a interesting title today, A Fishy Story and Other Unbelievables. Yes, yes, we we're we're going to have a look at some amazing stories today that actually are very relevant to life. Awesome. Well, we'll get into that shortly, but uh, just uh, before we do, Gary, I'd like to ask you uh, to share a little bit about your family. Well, yeah. Where? Do, how long do you want me to talk for? <laughs> just, just a short time. <laughs> yeah, my wife Marilyn. She's she's my black my backbone. My my best friend, and she's a really great supporter of our the work that I do. You know, I mean, it's not not easy for a wife when you have to take off for five weeks to run, you know, mm. programs like I do or take tours. And but she's a really great, uh, great help and a great, a great companion. Uh, my oldest daughter, she lives up in, on the just outside of Port Macquarie Way, and uh, okay. she actually, she actually, she's actually a gardener. Um, right. She she loves gardening and 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 really gets into it in terms of all the science behind it. Mm-hmm. She's also um, studied uh, naturopathy as well, and okay. so she's 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 a great one to talk to and say, okay, what what do I ought to do here? And then my other daughter actually she lives in Vienna in Austria. She's just finished her PhD. In actual fact, a couple of weeks ago, we watched to defend her her dissertation on the on Zoom. You know, you could watch it. You know, yeah. so it was good. So, yeah, they were very pleased with her. She's a she's an archaeologist, actually. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, today uh, we uh, will be moving into this this story, a fishy story, or these stories that you're going to share. Um, but as we go into that, uh, I just want to remind our listeners we have our Tassie Encounters show number. That is 0488-880-891. And I'd encourage you to save that in your phone, write it on a bit of paper, stick it to your fridge, or wherever, wherever you can... Uh, uh, grab it when you need it. So zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear from you. We'd uh, love to hear your feedback. And uh, certainly later in the program, we will have a free book offer that you can claim as well. So Gary, let's uh, let's get on with your fishy stories. Yes. Well, we're going to take them all from Capernaum. Okay. I love going to Capernaum, and people love going to that place. But we begin actually seven hundred BC with the story, Jason. Okay. Isaiah at that time makes a prediction that the Assyrians are going to come against Israel because they've turned away from from God, and and so they they're not holding to the principles and the values that really actually build people up. But uh, he, he makes that prediction, but then right on top of it, he makes another prediction <coughs> that the same area where the Assyrians are going to move into soon and who will feel the terrible cruelty of the Assyrians, because remember we talked about the Assyrians in a, in a program. Yes. Uh, he says one day they're going to see the light of the Messiah, that very place. Be- they rebelled. 
the Assyrians are going to come in, and that's not a good a good news story to have them come. He says, but you're also going to see the light of the Messiah. And I want you to see see the read the prediction for us, uh, Jason. Remember, this is in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, one hundred to two hundred BC, but the originals go back seven hundred. So this is before the time of Jesus. Thanks. Read verse uh, Isaiah chapter nine for us. Yeah, Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. That's by the Assyrians who were uh, yeah, putting come, them under. Exactly. <laughs> a lot. So it's not always going to be like this. Yeah, that's right. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. They're very familiar words, Gary. They are. Uh, they're messianic predictions. I think they're uh, part of the Handel's Messiah. Is they right? are, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it keeps going on verse 7. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Very good. Now, you notice it talks about Galilee because this was the yeah. area of Zebulon and Naphtali, tribes of Israel. So it says, hey, the light's going to come to you guys. But I want you to notice a few things. Prophesied, predicted 700 years before Christ, and uh, before Jesus of Nazareth was born, it says a child will be born to the human race. That's the promised saviour mm. of the world, the Christ. This child, it says, this Christ would be God Almighty. Did you notice that? Mm. Uh, God Almighty wrapped up in human flesh, a, a, a tremendous picture and prediction. Now, he says this child would bring light. He'd come to the very area of Galilee where both the Jews and especially non-Jews lived. And that's exactly what we know from history. This was a this was also a lot of Gentiles or non-Jewish people lived in this area of around the Sea of Galilee. Mm. Then he says, this child, this light that's going to dawn, would set up his residence on the way of the sea. Now, that term is a, an actually a, a, a historical term because the way of the sea is called, in Latin, the Via Maris. It was a famous trade route that ran from Egypt right up through along the coast of the Mediterranean until it got to around about, I think we've talked in Past, around the area of Megiddo, which was inland. Mm-hmm. Then it ran across some of sometime part of the road ran straight up, but some went across to the Sea of Galilee, and then up through the Sea of Galilee on the side of it, on the what we would call the 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 western side of the Sea of Galilee, and up through Damascus and up through into Mesopotamia. So this is a very important trade route. Mm. So in other words, it's saying this ancient trade route from Egypt to Mesopotamia is going to be a place where the the Messiah comes. He's going he's gonna to be in this part. Now, remember again, Jason, this is in the Dead Sea Scrolls, 100 to 200 BC, before the time of Jesus, and yet this prediction is made. Now, let's have a look at the fulfillment, because Matthew now, he comes along and, and, he, and he talks about this prediction from 700 BC, and then he tells us about it. If you could read Matthew chapter 4. Yeah, so it says in verse 13, Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, 
which was by the lake in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali. They're the same places mentioned in the other Exactly, in the passage, yeah. To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What a great thing. Notice, Jason, it says here, Jesus chose Capernaum. Mm. Why Capernaum? Now, we know that Capernaum was actually established around about the 2nd century BC, so 100 to 200 years before the time of Jesus, this little town was established. Uh, he chose this, not because of the, it was a big city, because it wasn't. We know the population back in the 1st century when Jesus lived was about 1,500 people. Uh, he chose it because it was on the trade route. Right. That's why he traded. It was a busy trade route called the Via Maris, as we said. What, it, what this meant was it gave him what? Global access to people. People mm. coming and going down this trade route. They'd hear about this, this, this person who we're going to see some of the things he did. And they would then take the story about this person to Mesopotamia or down into Egypt, across into Turkey eventually, yeah, all sorts of places. So this was a, he chose to have global access. Here was his hometown during his whole ministry, uh, this place, Capernaum. And it's here, Jason, that we encounter some unbelievable stories. So that's what we want to talk about. Awesome. Story number one begins in the Jewish synagogue in Capernaum. Now, let me just say something about the Jewish synagogue. Uh, archaeologists actually have discovered a 4th century AD synagogue. That's the one you see today. If you ever go to, to, to uh, Israel and you go to Capernaum, you'll mm-hmm. see this. But it's actually built on the foundations of the first century synagogue, and that's a black basalt. You can actually see the basalt foundation. I've seen a picture of that because uh, Peter Watts um, was talking about that in, right. uh, in his series. He's got real, and uh, he's got a picture of it. Exactly. With the, with the new temple built on that uh, base. Yeah. yeah, that synagogue. So this synagogue was the one that, that Jesus came to. Now, what I think we'll do right now is I'll get you to read the story And then after the song, we want to talk about this story just a little bit. Read from, if you could, about this in Matthew's. Uh, So this is verse 31 of Matthew. What's the chapter there? We were back in Matthew chapter 4. Right, Matthew chapter 4, verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, and a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Quite a disruptive. Yeah, at the top of his voice. You can imagine I I had to be constrained here because I didn't want to uh, blast everyone out. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine at the top of his voice that would be uh, quite uh, substantial. Let's keep going. Uh, Verse 35 says, Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are. With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Quite amazing. Now, we, we want to talk about this when we when we had the song, the first song. Yeah. Well, let's have a listen to this. This is uh, the Newsboys with All Hail pa- the Power of Jesus' Name. Hi. 
Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Chosen seed of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. tribe on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him lord of all to him all majesty ascribe and crown him lord of Back to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Now we're talking with Gary Webster today, and uh, we've just been reading about this man down in the town of Capernaum who uh, was possessed by a demon, and uh, Jesus uh, spoke to this demon and drove him, uh, out. Drove him out. What uh, What more can you tell us about this? What can we learn from this little story, Gary? Wow. Well, this is a, this is an awesome story and very relevant to us today. First of all. It's the Sabbath, it says. So, mm. And as usual, in obedience to the Ten Commandments, Jesus goes to the church or the synagogue mm. uh, down there in Capernaum, and he's teaching the people, and the people are actually spellbound, it says. They're amazed at his, his authority, you know. They're, so they're, on, they're listening to every word when suddenly uh, the devil speaks through this guy to draw attention. You know, have you ever been in a place, Jason, you're really interested and suddenly something happens and your attention's moved away? Well, this disrupted everything. Mm. These people were hanging on every word of Jesus and suddenly this this demon inside this man comes out and says, hey, you know... Who you know? We know who you are. We know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So so suddenly the attention's drawn away from the teaching uh, to this this demon possessed man. Hmm. Now you'll notice what he actually says. We know who you are, the Holy One of God, hmm. the Christ, in other words. Hmm. And and Jesus he stops this man. 
Now, you will almost think... Be quiet. <laughs> be quiet. But, but why does he do this? Because there was another occasion where Jesus says, don't tell the people who I am. Mm. He said that to his disciples. Don't tell them I'm on the cross. Why? Because people would... You know, think, really? You're claiming to be? First of all, he wanted them to see what the Christ was like, Mm. see what he was like, see his power. And then they would believe that, oh, this is the Christ. Mm. But to suddenly blurt it out, you know, this this would have blown away his work right at the start here. Mm. So that's what this demon's up to. Let's, 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 Let's blow the cover of Jesus so that no one wants to really put their trust in him because he's claiming too much at this early stage. Anyway. But you notice Jesus doesn't sort of get all excited, just calmly, but with authority, he says, now leave this guy. Mm. And uh, with great power, in just a few words, boom, the demon's driven out. But I want you to notice, how does the demon treat this guy? Did you Uh, notice? Before or afterwards? Uh, When he comes out. Did you notice that? Uh, Let me just... Re review that, yeah, uh, and the new da, 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 yeah. come out. Then the demon threw the man down, right? There threw him down, threw him on the ground, slammed him to the ground. I mean, yeah. what sort of a being is this that's inhabited this guy and taken control of his life? And when he's got to come out, he throws him to the ground. It's his last chance for for yeah. doing some destruction. Exactly. Well, this <laughs> often happens, you know, yeah. even in real life today. There, are, you know, people are demon possessed, and when mm. they come out, they froth, they foam, they're thrown on the ground. The demon, the devil, is a cruel foe. Mm. Anyway, well, everyone, of course, is blown away. What's happened just here? The light has come to Galilee. It's dispelled the darkness from this man. Mm. I mean, he's been living under this grueling, cruel power of this tyrannical demon, and now Jesus has driven him out. And you know, Jason, Jesus is the same today. And if any of us are powerless to break from the chains of sin or the addictions to alcohol, drugs, tobacco, gambling, whatever it is, bad temper, Jesus can deliver us. That's the, that's the message of this story. All we need to do is call on him today, right now, sincerely, and he can and he will help us. And I've seen that in my own life and the life of others. The Bible puts it this way, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Mm. But why does it also mention this was the Sabbath? I I guess there's something significant about that Well, when you stop and think about it He healed on other days of the week Mm. But it never says it was Tuesday Or it was Thursday It was, you know, Friday, whatever it was Why did he single out the Sabbath? And he does it a lot All the Gospels do this quite a lot Because the seventh day was given by God at creation Mm. Okay, Um, And this is to remind people Of the creative power of God God creates things out of nothing, the Bible says. Mm. He spoke and it was done. And the Sabbath was to remind people that they're special to him. Remember how God says, let's make man in how? Our image. image. We're not an accident. We're not the product of time and chance, blind chance. We were made in the image of God. And so the Sabbath reminds people of this. And here's this guy whose life is a mess and Jesus brings order out of the chaos of his life, just with a word, the creative power of of God. By the way, Sabbath means rest. Mm. And it was given by God to allow people to connect to him, to their their father in a special way, unhindered by the, the busyness of the working week. And God himself, of course, keeps the Sabbath. He says, you join me in it. The first Sabbath keeper was was God. He rested with his new created children. 
So but this, you, uh, you go, I was just going to say that at the time um, there was obviously an issue, you know, and Jesus challenged the uh, the religious leaders of the time in regards to the Sabbath. Yep. And so by actually, um, like Matthew's making a specific note here that Jesus did do this on the Sabbath. Exactly. And I know in, in another place uh, they challenged him and he said it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Yes, exactly. And so... Here's, I guess, another example where Jesus is continuing to do good. Exactly. What Jesus is actually trying to do here is he's trying to say, listen, you guys got it wrong about this day. Mm. This is not a day of restrictions. This is a day of liberation. Mm. This is a day to free people from the the oppression of Satan. Mm. You see, uh, what Jesus was doing was restoring the meaning of the Sabbath to the people. It had been lost to the Jewish nation for many years because they had, over the centuries, they had added a, a whole bunch of rules to it so that, you know, what was one, meant to be a joy, the Bible says, uh, they had it become more of a burden to the people. Mm. And so the Jewish religious leaders even taught, actually, as you mentioned a moment ago, that, that healing on the Sabbath was breaking the Sabbath. And, and as you mentioned, Jesus says, no, 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 it's lawful. It's mm. within the keeping of the law to do good. And so Jesus was freeing this day of the of the, the, the restrictions and the, the burden that had become to people because all the things they couldn't do and could do. And these were, these were just human-made laws added to what God had asked. So he deliberately worked a miracle to undermine these false teachings. Now, in healing this demon-possessed boy, he was giving rest to this man from this tyranny. And uh, he was really delivering people from these burdensome restrictions that they'd been putting on it. You know, Jesus said one day, and it was on the Sabbath, Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. You know, the burdens of sin that bows down the... The, the, the burdens of all the pressures of life, God says, come apart, take this day off. That's the true meaning of, of the Sabbath. Well, let's come to the next story, Jason. Mm. There's another story that we pick up here, and this takes place not far from the synagogue, straight after this church service, if you like, in the synagogue, and it's in Peter's house in Capernaum. We pick up the story. Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And we read of it in Luke chapter 4. I wonder if you could read Luke 4. And, verse 38. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. So Luke 4, verse 38 says, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. Wow. Oh. That's, that's, that's it. Just a short little story, mm. but it takes place in the home of Peter. By the way, um, why why this why this healing? Let's let's just stop and think about this for a moment. Then we'll come. It, it seems like a simple one. It's not it's not quite as dramatic as some of the others, was it? But it packs us with a lot of punch here. Yeah. First of all, by the way, they believe they've defound Peter's house. Okay. You visit the you visit now, Peter. It says Simon here, but that's Simon. That's Peter. Simon Peter. Yeah. yeah. You visit Capernaum, and you see this today. There's a large. It's a Catholic sort of a church there. Nice building there, but it's built over the top of this ancient house. And they found graffiti on the wall from ancient times. It's you know said this is the house of Peter basically. Mm. Now that doesn't make it the house of Peter, but it was clearly this is a fishing village. They found fish hooks and all a range of stuff here in Capernaum when the archaeologists dug. But this goes back a long, long time ago. There was an ancient church here once. 
a Byzantine structure, and this was built in the, over the top of this house. So this is probably the very house of Peter. So, so why, you know, we were talking earlier about this sort of simple miracle, if yep. you think about it this way. Why, why do you think Jesus did... Um, even just one of these, you know, more more basic miracles, uh, and why and, mention it, and why why mention it, why exactly. why write about it? Let me let me share with you why. Number one, it was to teach us to ask for help. You know, these guys they said to Jesus when he came to Peter's house, they said, "Jesus, uh, my my wife's mum is sick. Can you help us?" So Jesus has told us, "Ask." So I think this is the first reason, Jason. Mm. Even, you know, this lady doesn't say she had cancer or whatever. She just says she has a high fever and Jesus healed her. Mm. They asked. Second thing I think is Jesus loves to help people. Bottom line, just Mm. full stop right there. And then, of course, to help Peter's wife know that uh, though her husband's going to be away, Jesus cares for her. Because remember, Peter now goes off and follows Jesus. We're going to pick that up in in our fishy story later on. Mm. But... You know, imagine his, this 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 wife, uh, she's left at home and Peter's going to be travelling here and there and Jesus says, listen, I'll look after you and here's a proof of it. I'm going to heal your mum. Mm. That would be another reason. Mm. And then, of course, to help restore the Sabbath to its true meaning. Mm. He's trying to get to the, this. This is another healing. It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. I know we've got another story coming up, but we might uh, take another break. Yeah. And uh, just before we do, um, our book offer today is The Desire of Ages. And this is in that series, the Conflict of the Ages series. And uh, I think last week we were giving away the Patriarchs and Prophets, which was yeah. uh, volume one. This is volume three of part of that series. Um, we'll give you a bit more information about that. And this, uh, is a, this is an awesome book, Jason. Yeah. Fantastic. And we'll obviously give you the code a bit later in the program. But let's go to our next song, and that is Sweet Hour of Prayer by Daryl Sawyer. Shall my petition 
Hour of Prayer by Daryl Sawyer. Now, Gary, um, you chose that song because we've got a story coming up that relates to that. Exactly, yes. And so, that, just not right now, but coming up soon yeah. that relates to prayer. So, we'll we'll uh, get into that soon. But we were uh, in Luke, Peter's house too. Luke four in Peter's house, and and something else happened in there. Yeah, yeah. So, remember, we saw Peter's mum-in-law is is healed. But then it says, you read verse 40, it's a fascinating verse, and there's only two verses in this next part of the story, verse 40 and 41 of Luke 4. If you could read that for us, or do you want me to read it? No, that's right. It says, At sunset the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. You see that point again where mm. we talked about, hey, the, the demons wanted to shout out that he was the Messiah, but hey, this is not the right time to, to tell everybody that. This is mm. the beginning of my ministry. Let them see it at first. Well, okay, we notice that this is it's still in Peter's house. Uh, Jesus lays his hands on each person mm. when he heals them, it says. What does this tell us? The touch of God. God wants to come close to us in all of our needs. I think it's a beautiful picture as Jesus puts his hands on each of these people that he's healing. Uh, also notice that um, uh, 
these people have clearly been influenced by the false teachers mm. because when do they come? Did you notice that? What time of the day do they come? At sunset. At sunset. Why didn't, mm. they come on, why didn't they come before sunset? Because the scribes and the Pharisees had taught people, no, 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 you can't be healed on the Sabbath. You've got to come after mm. the Sabbath. Mm. And, 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 of course, for the, for the Jews, the Sabbath ended at sunset exactly. on Saturday. Exactly. Yeah. Sunset on Saturday or the, sixth, the, the seventh day, where, because the Bible says at even when the sun was set. Mm. So, so, you know, Friday evening, the Sabbath begins at sunset. Because, of course, this idea of midnight to midnight, that's a Roman idea. The Bible was always the evening and the morning were the first day, the evening and the morning, sunset mm. to sunset. So they came after the Sabbath to be healed, and, and Jesus just accepts them as they are. What a beautiful picture. He, he doesn't say, hey, guys, it's getting a bit late. I've got to go to bed. Late into the night, Jesus is healing these people. It's, a, it's an awesome picture. In typical fashion, he, he just loves them and welcomes them and, and helps. But now let's, let's, let's go on to the next, the next story. Verse 42, it happens the next day, still in this town of Capernaum. Still in Luke chapter 4, it says, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Wow, what an interesting story this is. After a very busy Sabbath, you notice, he's been speaking all morning, then he heals Peter's mum, and then all in the evening, people the, the day before, he gets up early, mm. early in the morning to spend time alone with his heavenly father. He's in a sol- solitary place. I think, Jason, there's a good lesson for all of us here. Mm. You know, we can all be pretty busy, but Jesus is not too busy to say, I need to spend some time with my father. Mm. There's a few places where it says he, he got up early and, and walked exactly. out of the, uh, the yeah. main area to spend yeah. time with God. He, so. he, he got up early, rising mm. up a great while before day, it says in one place. Mm. He knew that time alone with God gives us strength to face the issues. Mm. Uh, that come in in living on a daily basis. He got up early before the the crowds crowded out his his time uh, time. He got up early to spend time with God in order to set his agenda. Did you notice that? Because mm. the people came and says uh, the disciples came and said, "Hey Jesus, the crowd's waiting for you. You, you need to get on down here and do mm. the healing thing, sort of thing." So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, I, I know got, my priorities. He's got plans. <laughs> I've got plans because I've been talking to my father mm. and, and I've got other things to do today. I love the people, but I've got other people in other towns. Mm. So I think there's a good lesson for us all. Where do we get our priorities in life? We get our priorities when we speak to our God. Mm. And sometimes uh, we get so in a hurry to do things that maybe some of the things we do we could have actually left undone. Hmm. I must go elsewhere to preach the gospel, he says. Now let's come to the fishy story. Okay, this is what we're waiting for. This is what we're waiting for. This is the next chapter. This is all happening in Capernaum. That's why I've brought us here to this place, uh, Capernaum. Fascinating place. Now, I want you to read for us Luke 5, and we pick it up in, uh, what is it, verse 1? Verse 1, yep, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And uh, this is the New International Version. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, is that how That's you say it? the Sea of Galilee, yeah. Gennesaret. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. 
Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. You can't blame Peter. I mean, he's an experienced fisherman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and Jesus not being a fisherman or something. No, he's so, a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. What a story. And I think that is some, a fishy story. It is a fishy <laughs> story. And there's some awesome lessons in this, Jason. First mm-hmm. of all, um, the archaeologists, by the way, have actually found one of these old fishing boats right. a few years ago. And you can see it on display on the Sea of Galilee, beside the Sea of Galilee Museum. And it dates back to this very time. Yeah. Uh, so not necessarily their fishing boat, no, but one no. like it. But it's called the Peter boat. Yeah. But okay. it's not Peter, necessarily Peter's yeah. boat. But it's one like it. One like it. Yeah. yeah. It's the ribbing of it that yes. they discovered. So, first of all, we know Jesus borrows Peter's boat to sit in and teach the crowds because the crowds are gathered in around him so much so that he's almost getting pushed into the into the sea there. Mm, mm. Uh, so, what a scene! The God of heaven, the light of the world, the Messiah, God Almighty, robbing backwards and forwards in a fishing boat, talking to people. It's an awesome scene when you stop and think about it. Uh, these people are eager to listen. Then, as if to thank Peter for the use of his boat, Jesus says, uh, "Peter, let's go do some fishing together. You know, can I borrow? Can 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 we go and do some fishing together?" And you almost you can almost hear, hear Peter's thinking this or saying, "You've got to be kidding, man! We've been going all night. <laughs> we haven't caught a thing." And that's the time to catch fish, by the way, yeah, overnight. Yeah, and in the Sea of Galilee, it's the night. You don't go fishing in the daytime. What are you up to, Jesus? You can almost see mm. Peter saying this. Uh, but it was interesting that he said, but if you say so, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, now, that's an interesting thing. I think it's a good lesson for us. There are many things we don't understand sometimes why God asks us to do mm. things, right? Mm. But he says it, so let's do it. Yeah. I think that's a good point you made there, Jason. Uh, now, So now Peter says, now, we, di- we didn't catch anything last night. Now you want us to go out during the daytime? I mean, any fisherman knows on the sea gully you don't do that. Um, we're experienced, Jesus. We know, we know our game, in other words. But as you said, but... You said so, so we'll do it. Mm. Um, now, what happens? <laughs> the fish come in by the hundreds. Mm. I mean, the Bible actually makes a point so much so that Peter's net begins to break. Mm. I mean, this is this is a good catch. Uh, so what do they do? They call their business partners, it happens to be James and John, and now both boats are filled. I mean, this is all, this is, they haven't, they haven't had a catch like this in their lifetime. Uh, so both boats full of this fish. How much so? The boats begin to sink. Mm. I mean, this is a this is unbelievable. <laughs> That's a fishy story, Jason. Yes, I <laughs> and Peter's blown away. I mean, this, he's 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 an experienced guy, and he's so blown away. He says, "You must be God," because what does he say? Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. He sense he senses he's in the presence of God Almighty. Only God could do what he's just seen in his old boat. <laughs> so, you know, he, he just has overcome. And I think there's a good lesson for us here, Jason, each one of us, that when we see the power of God and we really see it, 
we realise who we are mm. as human beings. Peter said, I'm undone. I'm a sinful yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah, a bit like Isaiah when he saw God high and lifted up, it says in Isaiah 6, he said, woe is me, I'm undone. And that's when God can do something with our lives, when we realise, hey, our life is really not up to it. And we turn to God. And and isn't it interesting that that's when Jesus said to him, don't be afraid, your sins are forgiven. Right, and so. that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. Those words, don't be afraid, Peter. I'm God Almighty, yes, yeah. but I'm your mate, I'm your friend. Mm. <laughs> that's the picture we have. Mm. Uh, you're going to work with me. You're, gonna, you're not going to catch fish from now. You're going to catch people, people mm. for eternity, people mm. who will be in that last empire. So when Jesus and his friends see the power of God's love and the power of Jesus to help them, they leave their fishing boats and say, right, Let's go do some work for people. Mm. So, what a great story, uh, Jason. Um, we 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 haven't we we need to finish that off a little bit more. There's a couple of things, but okay. I think there's a song coming up. We we better get to our song. And uh, just a reminder: the book giveaway today is the Desire of Ages. It's the volume three of the Conflict of the Ages series. And in this book, it's Ellen uh, White talks about the life of Jesus, the one who stands at the centre of all human history. No one else has had such a profound influence on planet Earth as Jesus Christ. And in this book, Ellen White uh, does not set forth, sorry, the, the author does not set forth the events of Jesus' life in strict chronological order, but she presents him as the one who can satisfy the deepest yearnings of the human heart. And she presents the divine beauty of the life of Jesus, the love of God as revealed in his son. So we really encourage you to uh, get this book and we will give you the code for that. Jason, before, before we break. go to this song, uh, you notice Peter here, he's actually been forgiven by Jesus here. He says, I'm the sinful man and Jesus said, don't be afraid. This next song by Don Francisco picks up beautifully the power of the risen Jesus to, to forgive our sins. Here it is. He's alive. Fastened down I spent the night in sleeplessness Rose at every sound Half in hopeless sorrow Half in fear the day Would find the soldiers breaking through To drag us all away Just before the sunrise I heard something at the wall The gate began to rattle voice began to call I hurried to the window and looked down into the street expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet But there was no one there but Mary So I went down to let her in John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been she said they've moved him in the night None of us knows where The stone's been rolled away And now his body isn't there We both ran toward the garden Then John ran on ahead We found the stone in the empty tomb Just the way that Mary'd said But the winding sheet they'd wrapped him in Was just an empty shell how or where they'd taken him was more than I could tell. 
Something strange had happened there, but just what I didn't know. John believed a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high. I'd seen them crucify him Then I saw him die Back inside the house again The guilt and anguish came Everything I'd promised him Just added to my shame Cause when at last it came the choices I'd denied I knew his name if he was alive, it wouldn't be the same. Suddenly the air was filled with strange and sweet perfume. Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. I fell down on my knees. Just clung to him and cried He raised me to my feet And as I looked into his eyes Love was shining out from him Like sunlight from the skies Guilt and my confusion Disappeared in sweet release And every fear I'd ever had Just melted in Don Francisco. A lot of energy in that song, Jason. It's a powerful song. Yes. You, you know, Jason, that song really captures what we've been talking about for Peter. Mm. Now, remember, the story that we've been talking about happens three years before what Don Francisco has just been singing about. But Peter, at the beginning of his journey with Jesus, he sensed, wow, you know, I'm a sinful person because I'm in the sight of a holy God. Mm. And Jesus, as we said, said, don't be afraid. But you remember what happened to Peter th- three years later? He denied Jesus. Yeah. And that's what Don Francisco is singing about. Peter realized that, hey, listen, I've blown it here. I, I, I denied Christ. I said, I don't know the guy in front of everybody. And uh, Jesus is appearing to him. Now, the same power of Jesus three years later was the same power Peter saw when all those fish jumped into the boat, <laughs> into the net. <laughs> I've got a very quick question. I know we're yes. nearly out of time, uh, uh, Gary, but... 
I just noticed that you know this was at the very beginning of of the disciples following. He said, you yeah. know, come follow me. Yeah. And he starts that with this abundant catch, this yes. enormous catch, the biggest catch of their life. I, I find that pretty special. It is special. It is you know, special that that Jesus says, follow me. But I'm going to start with a blessing. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a great thought, yeah. isn't it? And Jesus is telling them, you know, you're going to, you guys are going to follow me. Mm. I'm going to look after all your needs. Just mm. look, look what I just did for you. Mm. Mm. So what do we learn from these stories today, Jason, that we've talked about before we wrap up? First of all, the demon-possessed man in church, <laughs> the first story. Jesus has the power to deliver us from Satan and all those, maybe those habits that we've had that we know are really harming us in one way or another. Jesus has the power. Story number two, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. What do we learn? Jesus has the power to heal from sickness. That doesn't mean Jesus always says, yes, I'm going to heal you, but he has the power. And if it's not now, it may be wait a while or it may be when I come, mm. I will give you that new body. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's got the power but to do that. The crowd at Peter's home after Sabbath, Jesus is always available. He didn't say, hey, go away. I'm, I, I, I've had a busy day. <laughs> Love that story. The, the story of Jesus rising up a great time early in the morning with God to spend time, I think that was our, our song that we had, wasn't it? Sweet hour of prayer. Yeah. Are we too busy sometimes to talk to God? He, he wants to hear us. Mm. <laughs> I, I remember hearing Jason a story about a, a little girl. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a parable. Mm-hmm. And this, this young lady, well, not a young girl, young lady, she, she's a busy student. And the house that she, it describes the house that she lives in. But it's a spiritual house. There's the withdrawing room where you spend time with God. There's the kitchen. There's the this. And every room represents something. Anyway, one day the girl's in such a hurry. Um, she, 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 she sees Jesus in the withdrawing room. Well, I shouldn't say she's in a hurry. The first time she goes in there and spends time with him every day. But then she's got the exams coming up. So she's in too busy and she races past and she sees Jesus sitting in the, in the withdrawing room on his own. And she's, I haven't got time today, Jesus. So she runs off. And this goes on day after day. And finally one day, she, there's Jesus sitting there and she suddenly realizes, I, I haven't been, I haven't spent time with him. So she goes in there and he says, my child, I know you're busy, but could you do this for my sake? Because I love the time we have together. That's something we miss, Jason. God also appreciates that great time. Yeah. So the last story, Jason, the fishing trip. What's that telling us? Jesus has the power to forgive our sins, and he's got a purpose for our lives. Peter found purpose. Go fish for people, he said. Mm. Awesome stories from they Capernaum. Are. It's amazing, isn't it, when we look mm. at the stories uh, surrounding Christ, that there's always something to learn, yeah. and there's always something we can apply to our lives today. Exactly. And that, that's really the relevant point, isn't it, that uh, that uh, the, uh, the stories, and particularly the stories of Jesus, are so relevant to us. Now, uh, Gary, we're just going to talk about something uh, special that's happening today. Uh, Faith FM, you know, operates all around Australia. Yes. But um, in Hobart, there's an opportunity for a high-power licence that will give us much better coverage and reception, particularly in the southern area of Tasmania. Mm. And uh, we would like to... Uh, ask you to pray for that if uh, if God wants us to have that license but we've also got a group of people from uh, southern Queensland who have prepared a prayer specifically for this license that's, that's awesome. going to be auctioned starting at 10am so uh, if you're listening pray along and uh, we ask that uh, God's will be done here with mm. this auction and if uh, it is meant to be that uh, we can 
uh, implement that, that and mm. procure that and uh, we can have better uh, signal coverage in Tasmania mm. here so that more people can hear the messages. That's great if they have the people from Queensland do that for us and Yeah, join us. So we will listen to that prayer as we go out but um, just before we do, what have you got uh, for us next week? Oh, Gary? next week we're going to come back to Capernaum again, Jason. More unbelievables but we're going to end with another fishy story. And I'm just wondering, did I give the code to the book? I'm not sure that I did. Dig number 12 is the code to get that book. That's an awesome book. Yeah, dig 12. Just the words dig and the number 12. Text that in to 0488880891. You can text that in now or any time afterwards. Uh, we've got five copies of that book to give away. So dig 12, 0488880891. This is about my favourite book, this one. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome book. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And next week we have, uh, sorry, tomorrow we've got Raiko Chelich joining us, and he's talking about something that's really confusing and difficult words: the abomination of desolation. So, wow, tune in for that. But here's our prayer from Southern Queensland, and we thank the group of people who've prepared this. Good morning across Australia. We feel privileged, the South Queensland prayer team, to be able to pray for something really important that is happening at this moment. There's an auction taking place in Hobart where there's the possibility that the gospel of Jesus can be spread across Tasmania. And so right now, we're going to stop and pray for that. We'd love you to join us. Steve's going to read a verse for us and and start our prayer time. Thank you, Heavenly Father. It's with an honour and privilege we come today with the power of prayer. And we look up Jeremiah 33, 3, and it says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So, Heavenly Father, we do lift up this auction at Tasmania. We do ask and pray to stand in the gap for a spiritual breakthrough here, Heavenly Father, that your word will be broadcast across all of Tasmania, that the people's ears will hear and know the truth before you return. But Heavenly Father, we do ask and pray that you pick the right presenters to anoint their hearts and minds, that these words will go far and beyond, touch the very heartstrings of these people's hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Dear Father, we want to praise you for your love and your mercy for each one of us. We want to thank you, dear Father, that you know us, you called us by name, you know how many hairs are on our heads. And Father, you created us and you want a relationship with us. And we want to thank you for this. And we want to pray that your Holy Spirit will lead in the whole situation of the licence for the radio station, that your will will be done, that many people across Tasmania may be able to hear of your love and your sacrifice for them because you love them so much and you died for them so that they may believe in you and have eternal life. Thank you, dear Father, for this wonderful opportunity and I pray that your Holy Spirit will lead at this time so that people may know you as we do. In Jesus' name, amen. And dearest Father, we praise your generosity in allowing us to intercede in this situation, Lord, and to bring this prayer before you. For you have said if two of you agree according to anything in my name, then I will answer that. 
And Lord, we just ask that you may intervene in this auction and that this radio station will be brought into the hands of your people, that, Lord, your word will be spread across the land of Tasmania, Lord, and that many will come to you in that time. Lord, we just thank you for your generosity and praise you in all things. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, you are good, kind, merciful and loving, and we are so grateful that you are our God. The wonderful joy and assurance that you've given us, we just long for others to experience this too. Our world is in such a crazy place at the moment and so many just need to hear the message that only you can give. Yes, God. That there is a better world coming and that they can be a part of that. And so, Jesus, we ask in your name that you will clear the way for your gospel, that wonderful good news to light up the radio waves across Tasmania. May your love just be broadcasted and people's hearts open to you. Please open the doors that need to be opened and close the doors that need to be shut. We feel confident, Lord, that we can leave it in your hands and that whatever is right and good that you want to happen will happen, Lord. And we stand against anything that the enemy has to try and stop this in the name of Jesus, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. 